You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Nate Smith, is a true drummer's drummer who is beloved by all of the drummers that I know. Nate plays with multiple bands and artists, including Fearless Flyers, Brittany Howard, and of course his own band, Kinfolk. I'm going to talk to Nate today about discovering music, creating his own unique sound as a drummer, getting back out on tour, and of course about his new album, Kinfolk 2, See the Birds. So come along with me as I catch up with Nate Smith. Nate Smith, welcome to the podcast. It is good to see you. It's good to be here. It's good to be here, Sarah. It is so good to see you too. Yes, yeah, it's been too long. I think I can't remember the lad. Was it the f- factory visit summer of when was that? Summer of twenty eighteen, maybe, maybe even before that. It's it's been a while. It's been forever. Well, yeah. I know you did um, Zildjian Underground. You did, which was 20, yes. December twenty of twenty eighteen, and I think yes. it was, was it after that that you did. Artist in residence yeah. at Berkeley. I cannot remember. It was it was before that. So before I think uh, yeah, I think it was like either spring or like fall of of uh, twenty eighteen was the artist residence. That Amazing, was, uh, yeah, and that, that was, was a fun. Oh, yeah, so good, Nate. Yeah, I, yeah. You packed the Berkeley Performance Center, and yeah. the performance was incredible. Some of that footage oh. I know is out there. It was so good. Thank um, you, thank you. That was that was a really great night. What a great audience too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, packed with Berkeley drummers, so it, like, right. <laughs> it can't get any better. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That was the whole, I was playing for the home team. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but we've done some fun things together, for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. The Zildjian Underground thing was a blast yeah. as well. Zildjian Underground was so much fun. I really loved how it turned out. I really loved that, you know, it was so beautifully branded. Just everything about it, it was so beautifully shot. And all the drummers that were there, that night were just, you know, incredible. Um, it was an all-star really cool lineup. To, all-star, all-star. It was really cool to share the stage with with those those guys. What a, what a night. Absolutely, what a night. yeah. So so let's catch up on how this past year has been for you, this past mm. year and a half, really, through the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been watching Instagram and yeah. keeping up with what you have going on, but um, how how are you doing and how have you been? I've been, I've been good, I've been good. Um, I, so I guess uh, if we go back to when things first shut down, um, in the fall of 2019, I started working with uh, Brittany Howard, the singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. Brittany Howard. And, and um, I really, you know, we were kind of getting into a groove. We had been touring September, October, November, doing a bunch of TV stuff. And then March was the beginning of our U.S. tour. March 2020 was supposed to be the beginning yeah. of that tour. And, of course, the, the world shut down. So we had to pack it up and go on home. And um, so, you know, when when things slowed down and I, you know, I went home to Virginia for a little while, stayed with my mom. You know, I kind of was able to avoid the New York uh, COVID wave, the first wave, which was very difficult here. Yes. Um, But but I I stayed and then I decided, you know, the, the, the live stuff shutting down and the touring stuff stopping it really made more sense for me to aim more for studio work. Mm-hmm. So I'd been doing some work in Nashville before then. I'd done a few uh, session, like multi-day sessions in Nashville. 
And so I decided to just check it out. So I, you know, went on apartments.com and looked up a place and did a little virtual walkthrough. And I decided to move to Nashville. This was May of 2020. So um, I went back to New York in mid-May, packed up all my stuff. And then July 1st of last year, moved to Nashville. And I've been there since then. And wow. uh, I got lucky when I, when I got there, um, there was, there was work when I landed, there was, uh, you know, um, I, I was able to work with a couple of really good record producers. Uh, Dave Cobb is one and Mike Elizondo is another, and they, they've been kind of keeping me working since I've been there. So it's, it's been a real blessing to, to be there. Um, That's fantastic. And yeah. I know obviously it's, it's different nowadays, but the drumming community in Nashville is so fantastic. Like, it really is. So supportive. Very supportive. And I'm, I'm meeting more and more people, um, you know, uh, since I've been there. I mean, everybody's kind of been shut in for such a, you know, such a long time. Right. Um, but I am meeting more and more folks, um, more and more great musicians that just have kind of decided to make the move there or have been there for a long time, you know, so it really is cool. It's starting to feel more and more like home. Absolutely. I'm so yeah. happy. That's so yeah. great. Thank you. Uh, Thank and you. speaking of recording, the big news yeah. is your latest album. And I'm yeah. so excited to talk with you about this because, you know, I'm such a huge fan of any music you make, but mm. this album is incredible. Like, Thank you. Start to finish. Absolutely. Um, it's called Kinfolk 2 see the birds. And mm. I just wanted to talk about that title um, mm. because it's pretty significant. And I'm just wondering if you can go into that a little bit. Sure. Sure. So um, in the, in sort of the, the narrative of this, this album, I'm trying to kind of sum up what I was thinking and feeling um, as a teenage musician, you know, and I was um, trying my best to get, um, to form my own relationship with music. Um, I, you know, I had just discovered uh, Sting and the Police and, and um, Genesis and, and King Crimson and Level 42 and Living Color, which was a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of those discoveries started to plant this dream in my head about what I wanted to do with my life. And um, so when I, when I talk about this idea of seeing the birds, I'm talking about this idea of looking up and thinking about having this big dream about what you want to do with your life, you know, and, you know, a lot of times in music, the bird is a symbol of freedom, you know, so the, the bird is kind of the dream, the bird represents the dream. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, I'm painting this picture of being this, you know, kid, like dreaming in the neighborhood about, man, one day I want to be on stage playing, you know, the garden or playing the Hollywood bowl or, you know, um, that's really what I'm, I'm summing up with that title. It's just like, just look up and, and dream really big, you know? Mm -hmm. I love the message. And mm -hmm. in the liner notes of the album, you write a bit about that and it's emotional. Now I was reading it thinking like, oh, this is so touching. And I, I mm -hmm. understand like the significance of music, mm -hmm. especially like, when you're discovering your love of music and being a yes. musician and you yes. mentioned like that high school transition, the life yes. transition yes. and how music, yes. music kind of is like, it takes you away mm. to like mm. a totally different place. It does. It does. It, it lets you know that you're not alone. You know, um, that was the thing that, that music gave me 
more than anything else, it kept me company, you know, because being, you know, your teenage years are really hard. It's, yeah. it's really hard to be a teenager. And I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager now, you know, right. um, because everything that you do is immediately captured and shown back to you, you know, mm -hmm. and it's rated by your peers, you know, it's rated by your friends and they're, you know, you know, not to sound old, but back in my day, we didn't have that, you know, we, yeah. we were just kind of figuring it all out, uh, you know, kind of on our own and kind of constructing our, you know, our identities as we go, you know, you, you, as a teenager, you think, you know, a lot more than you do. Mm -hmm. And the, the rush to be a grown up is a really big pull, you know? And so <laughs> you have to, you know, be reminded. I was lucky, you know, I had parents and older siblings who reminded me, man, no, just, just don't rush, you know, wait. Right. Yeah. Just, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to be a grown up. you know what I mean? Enjoy this time. And so, um, yeah, but but music really did kind of not only did it sort of give me a space where I could feel like I was cool, but it also gave me kind of my own little world that I could build up in my bedroom listening to the police and playing along in the records. You know, it was mm -hmm. my own little private um, little, you know, universe. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, creates your own world. I love yeah. that. And I also love, you know, you mentioned like it makes, it made you feel cool. And I just yeah. have to say like, you're the epitome of cool. So, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was a long time in the making. If you had met me in high school, like, oh boy, I don't know. I well, don't all know. of us in high school, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough time. It's a, it, it's so brutal. It's so brutal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I think kids have it really tough nowadays because yeah. you are like right in the public eye. And then I remember, and this is going to date me too, but okay. looking at magazines yeah. and flipping through and, you know, the thought of the adults at the time was like, these kids are seeing this image of like glamour in yeah. 17 magazine or, yeah. or glamour magazine or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you are, um, and we're giving them like a, a view of what you should be that's unattainable, but like, mm -hmm. it's so minimal compared to what kids are faced with, I think nowadays, yeah. where yeah. the social media thing, the Instagram thing, everyone can present themselves in a certain light and all it takes mm -hmm. is a filter to make you yeah. look yeah. like a supermodel or, <laughs> you know, right. like, it's a little bit, it's a little crazy. So I think, um, talk about like an unattainable view of, reality it's, it's oh, really gosh. tough oh gosh I, I think about you know um when i was a kid uh you know it was kind of the beginning of you know the music video you know mm -hmm. and um particularly with like r&b videos or hip-hop videos there was all this swagger you know that the the guys had you know all the swagger with the the chains and the you know and I and I would think to myself man I'm so far removed from that <laughs> like, I, like I'm, I'm here in Chesapeake Virginia you know I've got to go to I got to get up and go to church tomorrow my mom you know it's like it felt so so far away but you know I think the um it, it's I think maybe what's different now is that you know you can kind of mimic that a lot closer than you can when when we were when we were younger, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can just press that filter or push that Snapchat filter, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you look older or you right. look, you know, 
taller or thinner, you know? Yes. And, or, your, or your skin is flawless, right? Yeah. Or you have, yeah. You have big eyelashes or. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's it got to do something to, to the, you know, especially considering the fact that, that your self image is forming at that time. Like mm -hmm. you're really kind of learning who you are. It's got to be a real mind right. job to, to, um, go back and forth between who you think you are and what other people are thinking of who you are. You know, it's gotta be yes. tough, much tougher now. I think it is. It definitely yeah. is. And I think, um, you know, a, a part of growing up is becoming comfortable with who you are. Yes. You know, that, that time frame where you realize like, Hey, I, I am who I am and that's enough. Yes. Um, and I, but I think it's, it is tough for kids. I had, I funny enough with the filter thing. So on Instagram, I am not fluent in Instagram. I just, okay. I do what I do. I post what I right. post, but like when it comes to the filters and the layers and things, yeah. um, and it's always changing. So it's yes. always something to try to keep, keep up with, but yep. it's funny cause I do these Instagram lives and on one Instagram live before I went live, I was like, Oh, what's this button? Yeah. And it, you know, it makes your, your skin look flawless. And then it's right. like, Oh, Okay, and what's this button? And it makes like right. sparkle come all yeah, over you. Right. And then the next, and I thought, oh, that would be that would be interesting. And then the next button, it gave me a mustache. Right. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. No, that's all right. I'm good. Um, because I'm I, good. Could, I could just imagine like going live on this on this Instagram live and like having a mustache. But yeah, right. It's like, man, Sarah, she's, the things have changed, man. For, for right. things are going, you know, she's good. She's got a new vibe. Yeah, something's different. Something something's I can't different. tell what it something's is. <laughs> right, right. Um, sure. But going going back to those beautiful liner notes, I just encourage mm -hmm. anyone who hasn't checked those out. I'm a I'm a liner notes person. Like I love yes. the, I love reading, and there's always like gems in there um, yeah. that kind of like give a little bit of insight into the album. Or a lot of times there are. Mm -hmm. And your 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 note that you wrote in there was just so beautiful. And then another thing that you included in there was a call out, a thank you to your high school band director. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just I wanted to ask you about that because um, we all talk about like our first teacher yeah. or our band director. Yes. And how much um, influence they had on us. Yeah. Um, and so yours, your band director was Thomas Hun. Is that how you Hume. say his name? Hume? Hume, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Thomas Hume. Yeah. Tell me about how, like, the influence that he had over you. You know, um, Mr. Hume was a big deal for me. He, he was, uh, first of all, he saw that I was not only serious about music, but curious about it, you know. And so, you know, in high school, you know, starting sophomore, junior year of high school, I started to stay after school and practice piano a lot. And, um, and I started to sort of, I, I would carry around a manuscript pad and I would write and, and Mr. Hune saw that and he said, you know, you should learn how to write for other instruments. You should learn, mm -hmm. you know, the rules of, of transposition, writing for trumpet and for clarinet and for French horn. Those are different, they write, they, they operate in different keys. So you need to learn how that works, you know? Um, and so he gave me this chart that, that was a transposition chart. He taught me about it. And then he also offered me my first position of leadership in the band. He, um, you know, I was, uh, for my junior and senior year in high school, I was the drum captain of my marching band. And, you know, I learned a lot about uh, leadership in that experience. I learned a lot um, 
about people, you mm -hmm. know, particularly about kids. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it was, yeah, it was just really, um, you know, it, it was, I think it was a very enriching experience. And I think that he saw something in me that um, he said, you know, I, I think that this, this kid might have it. He might be able to, to, you know, lead our line and, and, and sort of get people to, to listen and, and to invest in, you know, practicing and, and making the march, the drumline better. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so it was a really profound uh, impact that he had on me during that time, and um, and I'm I'm really grateful as I as I enter my you know sort of late 40s now, and and I'm you know entering this phase of my career as a musician. It all started with someone seeing my curiosity and nurturing it. You know, mm -hmm. and I think teachers do God's work. I think good teachers are doing the Lord's work. You know, they really do. Both of my parents were teachers, so. I have a, you know, I have a soft spot for yeah. people who do that. I love that. Yeah. And um, speaking of your parents too, I just want to call out a couple of the, you know, you thank them um, both in your, in your liner notes as well, but you mm -hmm. also included a, a song that was dedicated to your father um, yeah. who passed a few years back. And that's a yeah. beautiful song too called Fly for Mike, right? Your yeah. father and um, yeah. Howard staying on that. And she wrote the lyrics to that too, right? She did. Um, she, so she, um, I think this was around uh, January or February. It was around Grammy time for her. Um, mm -hmm. We had been, uh, you know, I'd, I'd seen her, we'd rehearsed, we did a Grammy performance, you know, and I was just about to turn the record in. And I just figured, I said, okay, you know, I was nervous about asking her to do it. I was like, you know, I, we had an instrumental version of the record. So I was just going to put the instrumental on the album and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, but we also recorded a version where we didn't play the melody because I didn't, just in case there was a, an artist or a, a singer who I thought would sound good on it. And so I, you know, approached her about it. I said, you know, Brittany, I've got this song. Would you be open, interested into, interested in doing it? And she was very open, very receptive. Um, you know, Brittany is a very kind person and she's mm -hmm. also just you know a very open person mm -hmm. so i hit her up i sent her the thing she said it's great and so there's a very funny text thread between the two of us of like lyric ideas mm -hmm. so of course hers were way better than mine <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason there's a reason she has like six grammys you know um so but but we went back and forth and then she just kind of delivered it so beautifully. She sang it so beautifully. I think she recorded it at her home studio in Nashville. Oh, wow. um, and it sounds amazing. So I just, I feel really, really fortunate to have her on the record. And and I think it's just a great tribute to him. Um, and also it's it kind of hopefully is a song that we can all use right now because we're all, at this point, we, we've dealt with, with loss in some okay. capacity, you know, this has been a very difficult time for all of us, you know. Absolutely. It's, it's feels like, it feels like a year of loss of, of, yeah. well, in a lot of aspects. So in a lot of aspects, yes, it's, it's just not, not only, you know, the, the people we've lost, but think about, you know, all of the businesses that have, have had to go out of business and all of the transition career transitions we've had to make, you know, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's, it's been a really interesting time for all of us. Yeah, and I think as we emerge from this quarantine period and and feel like, and especially over the summer when things felt like it was getting a little bit back to normal, yeah. and we yeah. still have a little ways to go, but 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But emerging into kind of a different landscape, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's a loss too, right? Because you, you it is the loss of your former reality. Um, yes. You know, maybe the places that you used to go, the restaurants you used to go to were the clubs and yeah. it's a tough, it's a tough thing to deal with. So yeah, that song is definitely inspirational and, um, and appreciated. And thank you. Thank absolutely. You. And I know this is a drumming center centric podcast, but right. I have to call out one of the other songs on the album, which is altitude. The vocals on that yeah. track are yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Michael Mayo, right? Michael Mayo, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like I yes. just, I just remember hearing that you posted a clip of it on your Instagram, yeah. and I, yeah. I was just like blown away. If anyone hasn't yeah. heard that or the album, go check it out. It's go check it out. Finished, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, Michael is is fantastic. I met Michael. Michael was a student at uh, Betty Carter Jazz Ahead. This was 2013, I want to say, 2013 or 14. I was on the faculty there, and he came in as a, a student. And, um, you know, he blew everybody away. It's not just the dexterity of his voice and, you know, um, and, and what the things he could do with it. It's also just... Um, his imagination, his musical imagination, and just, you know, his ideas, the clarity of his ideas. He's just a, a really, really special young singer. Um, I'm really excited for all of um, the work he's going to do moving forward. He he just released a record called Bones, his debut record. I think it's on Mac Avenue Records. Um, so Michael, Michael is one to watch. He's definitely one to watch, for sure. Absolutely. I'll have to check that out, too. It, it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, his his vocals. Amazing. I'm so glad it, it is amazing how you find musicians like that and connect with them. And before we started recording, we were talking about a connection that was made and you ended yes. up um, playing on this, on this person's album. And it's just, yeah. it's incredible how that all happens. So it, um, it is, it's a small world. It's a small world. I, you know, I, I go back to a thing that Dave Holland told me before I even started Kinfolk. He said, you know, in the musical universe, musicians will kind of bump into each other. You know, mm -hmm. it's just how it works. We, we're out here kind of floating, but we'll find each other. You know, if, if you're kind of meant to work with them, you'll find them, you know, just keep getting better at what you do. But you'll find the, the collaborators. You'll find them. Yeah, that is that is so true. And it is, you know, we think about this industry with everyone who's in it. And there's so many amazing musicians, but it is yeah. such a small world. It's yeah. such a small community at, at its heart. And, mm -hmm. you know, you do end up being connected with those people. I think that you're meant to be connected with. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, for Without sure. Without a doubt. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about your style of playing too, mm -hmm. because you have this incredibly unique style that is yours. And when mm -hmm. you hear Nate Smith drumming, you know, it's Nate Smith drumming. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing there, there. There's no question. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> And I think that's amazing because it's one of those things that I think you strive for as a drummer to, to develop your own sound and style. Yeah. Um, and you're one of those drummers who all the drummers love, like you're, you're not only a <laughs> musician, but like, but the drummers love you, you know, yeah. and, um, and love to hear you play. And uh, Russ Miller always says that that thing, like that recognizable sound is developed yeah. over time, over developing yes. like a catalog of music that's, recognizable so you've done a, yeah. just an amazing job of that thank you thank you it's you know a lot of it um 
you learn by failing, you know, you, you, you learn by not only what you're good at, but also by what you're not so good at, you know, mm-hmm. and the things that you want to get better at, you know. Um, and, and also for me, I, I, I never had a, um, a long-term private instructor, you know, so I learned everything by ear and, and by mimicking what I was watching other drummers doing. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff that I wasn't able to quite pull off that they did, I had to fill in those gaps with my own imagination. You know, like I couldn't really do the things that I was hearing. Um, you know, I couldn't really pull them off when I was younger doing the things that, that I heard somebody like Dave Weckl doing or, or Vinnie Kaliuta doing, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to get close to that, I would just kind of say, OK, well, I can't play that, but I can play this. And I would put that in. And that became that becomes your thing, you know. Um yeah. I used to tell when I did private lessons more frequently, I would tell students like, you know, the thing that makes you sound like you is how you recover from a mistake. Like when you're playing all the stuff you've been practicing, right? You've worked it all out. You've got all your stuff together. When something doesn't go the way you want it to go, how do you recover from it? In those few seconds after you know, mm-hmm. you, you go for the fill and you don't make it or you drop the stick or whatever, mm-hmm. how do you recover? And those few seconds, that's actually how you sound. That's really a, a more true representation of what you sound like than all the stuff you've worked out because that's something that gets closer to you, you know? Yeah. And I, I've, I think over the years, um, so many of the things <laughs> that I've tried to play haven't worked out. <laughs> so so I, I've, I've been kind of able to, to build this sort of vocabulary of stuff that, oh, okay, well, this this actually sounds like me. This actually sounds like, you know, this feels more real for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not me trying to do an impersonation of drummer X or Y, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And th- yeah. there is a video out there of you um, dropping your stick yeah. and re- just making the most amazing recovery. And it's so good. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's so, so good. I'll put a link in the description to that video. Cause yeah, it's, I it's, love that perspective. Yeah, it's um I became famous for messing up. <laughs> you know, it's like the most famous mistake uh, in YouTube history. Oh, it's but, so good. It's such yeah. a great video though. But you're right. Like that that makes a lot of sense and I never really thought about it that way, but mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you know the the recovery is everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you can watch, you know, um you can watch a gymnast perform and you can watch them do that. If they, if they miss that landing, if they missed it or slightly miss it, how is it that they regain their balance and keep, keep going? You know, yeah. that's, that, that's tough. That's tough to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. How do you get back up? How do you yeah. make it work? How do you yes. turn it into a victory? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's turn, lessons turn a in loss there. into a victory. I, I love sure. that. That's, that's so insightful. Um, and your, you know, your sound is so, uh, permeating that you can be playing with these different musicians and different um, band makeups and all of that. And you could just still hear Nate yeah. Smith in it. And I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I have a unique set of influences too. Like it's, you know, I think I was as much into, you know, Art Blakey and Elvin Jones as I was into living color and, you know, bad brains and you know Mm -hmm. so and as i was into a tribe called quest and public enemy like all that stuff you soak it all in you know and it 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 
it kind of works on you. It comes through the music. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of all comes together and creates your own identity and your own, yeah. and your own sound. Um, sure. And that was, that was going to be my next question too, about your influences. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of runs the gamut genre, right? Genre wise. Yeah. Um, and how about drummer specific? You mentioned Vinny and Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my first exposure to music um, was came from my pop's record collection. And so he was into um, instrumental R&B, soul jazz of the 70s, 80s, right? So he was into Grover and Dave Sanborn and Bob James and Quincy Jones and you know all that stuff, jazz crusaders. So of course I got to hear all those drummers, you mm -hmm. know, all those drummers. And so it was like Steve Gadd and Harvey Mason and it was, you know, Bernard Purdy and it was, um, you know, I guess sticks Hooper with, with jazz crusaders, you know, yes. and like, so, and these, and this all, I soaked it all in, just soaking it all in. Like, okay. So listening to that music and, and getting inside what the drums were doing. Um, and then as I found my own relationship with music, which is what this album deals with, it was sting and the police. And then the sting solo band after that, that, mm -hmm. that incredible brand band with Branford, Kenny Kirkland, um, Daryl Jones, and Omar Hakim mm -hmm. on drums. So when I discovered Omar, it was like, oh, okay, what what is going on? What what is happening? Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, and then of course Living Color, which we you know we we've I mentioned before, but that was another just mind blowing, just mind blowing experience. Li listening to them, hearing them for the first time, it was incredible. I love that. I yeah. love that, and I, I feel like. Um, you know, when we talk about your your sound and your technique and all of that, and you mentioned how you took influence from them, but knew that they were doing something that wasn't what you were going to do. Mm -hmm. Yet you kind of like took it all together and created what you what you do. I yeah. think about all those guys with like the big kits and all the drums and everything. Yeah. And I I think about you and and I could. I could watch you on a stage by yourself with kick, snare, and hat all day long and be right. completely happy with that. And right. I just, I think it's right. amazing. You know, um, you've translated all of the influence and all of the different musical genres into this incredible um, pared down version mm. that, but you make the most amazing beats out of that. And mm. it's just, mm. yeah, I think that's like, it just, that just shows how incredibly talented you are. So, well, thank you. That that is a huge compliment. I I take it you know seriously too because there's a lot of language in there. There's a lot of language between the kick snare and the hi hat, and a lot of that is coming off of these studio records that I listen mm -hmm. to. A lot of it is coming off of you know the the second half of Chameleon with Harvey Mason and Herbie going back and forth, and all that beautiful comping that that harvey's doing and all this it's just it's it's a new kind of language that that those drummers created and i'm kind of revisiting that now and trying to find different ways to use the drum set to use those instruments and get the most sound out of the least amount of drums you know um that's that's the thing what this was the thing i learned doing the 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 fearless flyer stuff which is all that just kicks snare and hi-hat you know mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, these are the rules. So what, how much sound can you get out of these three instruments? You know, take away all the symbols, take away all the accessories, all the toys. How much sound can you get out of this? 
how much can how can you make it interesting? And so yeah. it, it calls on you to play dynamics. It calls on you to play to rely more on touch and time mm-hmm. and space. You know, um, it's it's a it's an interesting challenge to try to do that. Yes. And, yeah. and you can see it um, in your playing the way that you move around those instruments like Mm -hmm. you know not to get too drum geeky but um (laughs) the way that you play your snare drum where you're you know you're moving your stick in and out of the center to Mm -hmm. the side and it's just and it it, the nuance of it is just so fantastic and i think you're like teaching a master class every time that you play and every Mm. time a video is filmed of you and i mean i'm always paying attention to that stuff just like what What's happening yeah, right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did the same with my favorite guys too. I did the same with my favorite drummers. You know, I would just watch and just like, okay, I see he's getting a different sound when he uses this much of the stick on the on the rim, but he goes to the center, he gets a totally different sound. You know, um, there's just there's just billions of sounds there, billions of sounds that you can get out of a drum kit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you play or when you're playing with these different musicians in in these different uh, iterations, um, you are putting yourself into that music. But I'm, I'm just wondering like how it is to transition from the different genres. Um, and also like someone like Brittany Howard, who's, you know, front woman who is, mm-hmm. you know, soulful and kind of like commands such a mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being in a group like the Fearless Flyers where, right. Um, it's, you know, you guys are all your, in, it's instrumental and you're, yeah. um, you're kind of, it looks like you're kind of creating together, but how, yeah. how does that work for you? Like, how do you treat, cause you're, you're playing with all of these groups at the same time, pretty much. And then yeah. like, you're talking about the recording stuff that you do in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, it just kind of, one of the things that I've been really lucky, um, so far in my, in my career is that. I do think that most of the people who call me for something are calling me because they want my sound, my sort of musical personality mm-hmm. on the record. And, you know, for all the, the people I've worked with, you know, from, you know, from working with Pat Metheny in, in 2019 and doing that short tour with him, I learned so much working with Pat. Um, or to Brittany Howard, you know, it's like, you know, they, they all invited me and they kind of made space for me to do my thing, you know, um, and all kind of like, and with the flyers too, it's like, you know, I bring a specific personality to the band mm-hmm. and, so, and it becomes a part of a thing that works, you know? So, so much of it is that, is the people who are inviting me and them having the idea and the vision to say, okay, I, I like what Nate does. Let's make space for him here, you know? And the same is true for, for record producers too. You know, Dave Cobb will call me for something and we'll be in a in a, it will be in a session. And he'll say, okay, man, so for the bridge, I want you to do this thing. And then on the way out, I just want you to be Nate. Just be Nate on this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, <laughs> so he rolls the tape and I'm like, okay, and I'll play. And I'll do a little something that I'll just play what I hear. And he'll be like, yeah, man. So just do more. Just be more Nate on that. Just be more like, do do me one more take where you're just doing more. And I was like, okay, and I'll, I'll try it, you know. But it's, it really is a testament to the folks who reach out to me and, and give me the opportunity to play. Just say, okay, you know, bring your thing to, to not every opportunity is like that. Not every musician is, the, is like that. Yeah, um, so that's true. An, it, you know, so I've, I've been lucky. I've been lucky in that way. 
That's so that's so great. And I, I love that you just said that. And that's smart on their part to bring you in because you're you and you have your sound. And right, I just right. um I just hosted a, a studio uh, drummer roundtable discussion and the guys were were talking about coming into a recording situation and being asked to do something that they know like isn't going isn't going to work or isn't right. really right for the music and trying to massage it so that it yeah. does go the right way so that has yeah. to be i don't know if you've ever found yourself in that situation but oh yeah i have i found myself in that situation a few times where you know um i find myself in a couple of situations consistently where someone will say okay i want this and mm -hmm. then you'll play it and it doesn't work you know mm -hmm. and then you're like okay uh, well you know but i well i don't really want that i want this and so they'll you try that and one or two times i will just sort of you know maybe by the time we get to the third take i'll say you know what let me try this and i'll just play what i'm hearing mm. now there's at that point i know at least two approaches haven't worked so i can say all right how about i just do my thing on this you can use it or not just hear me out so we'll do a take and Usually it'll work, you know, usually it'll, 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 it'll be cool mm -hmm. and they'll hear it. And it, if, if it's not the take that they want, at least it'll start to open up the, the conversation toward the direction that they want to go with the song. You know, um, a lot of times musicians, you know, don't really know what they want until they hear it mm -hmm. from the drums, you know, so yeah. you kind of have to show up and just like, just give a lot of different examples, you know, before they'll stumble. And, and it might end up being, the thing you thought it should be the whole time. <laughs> right. But, but you know, it, the, the process is the thing. Like you have to go through the process. Sure. And it's, it's that's the collaborative process. It's like, okay, let's negotiate this. Let's work it out. And let's get to the thing you want, you know? Absolutely. Um, but but if, you're, if, you're, if both people are open and making space for that, then cool. Then I think it, it can always be, it can always work out. Mm -hmm. It can always work out, yeah. I like that. And, and it, yeah, so it might come together in a roundabout way, but it gets yeah. there. You get it to the there. end point. Yeah. Yeah. We're all trying to make the best music we can, you know, everybody's trying to make the best music they can. For sure. And, and it is true. I think sometimes um, artists might have a, a vision in their head of what they want, but aren't quite sure how to make that happen or, or, right. you know, a, a sound that they're looking for, but like right. don't really know how to get there. And I think that's the case with like, anything that's very creative you yeah. know you can i i could paint a picture and it doesn't quite come out like the vision that's in my head but yeah a, a true artist a true painter like has a vision in their head and they put it yeah. on a canvas and it comes out just like they envision it um, yeah or, or maybe maybe even better or maybe even you know if you're leaving space for some discovery Yes. Um, then, you know, you might start the picture one direction and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, actually, this picture, I thought the subject was this. Mm -hmm. It's actually this over here. This mm -hmm. is actually much more interesting. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just never know what you're going to find. You never know what you're going to find. And do you, you find that when you're making your own music, mm -hmm. when you bring in all of these amazing musicians, that what they're bringing to the table sometimes comes out even better than you, you could have imagined? Oh, oh my gosh. It, it, it's so much better. Like... You know, um, an example on this latest record is the um, the song with Vernon Reed, Rambo. So we've been playing that song as a band for the last, I guess, the last eight years or so. 
Mm-hmm. And um, Vernon Reed is a hero. I've talked about Living Color. I, obviously, Will Calhoun is a big influence on my playing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so at the end of the the record, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna ask him. I'm just gonna ask Vernon if he'll do something on the record. You know, swing for the fence. You know, why not? Yeah, so, you have to ask. <laughs> gotta ask. You know. Um, so I reached out to him. I had a, a connection with his management. Alma Watt, who's in my band, she also knows Vernon. Her her father and Vernon were, were friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to him and I just said, man, I'll just, you know, just do your thing, whatever you want to do. And so there's there's two sides to Vernon. There's there's like, you know, guitar hero Vernon, mm-hmm. and then there's like ambient composer, sonic environment Vernon. Mm-hmm. you know, that just creates all these incredible blankets of sound, you know? Yeah. And so he chose to go that way with this song. Um, he didn't come back to me with, you know, a bunch of like, you know, just like shredding. He just went the other way. I just said, man, do whatever you want. I said, mm-hmm. I did tell him, I said, you know, make it as strange and noisy as you want or make it, you know, whatever you want to do. So um, what he came back with adds a whole universe of sound to the record. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, I can't imagine the record without it now. You know what I mean? He just, and, and when I dropped, he sent me the wave file. We did it remotely. So he sent me the wave files and I dropped it in. And it was like, man, I'm, I'm, Vernon Reed is on my record. <laughs> like yeah. that, that is a mind, that's a mind job. And it was so much better than I could have imagined it to being, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was killing, killing. I love that. I love it. And now you are touring in support of the record. And yes. I'm- so excited about that. Um, yeah. You currently are in New York at the moment, right? I am. And I'm uh, in New York. I'm doing i I'm here for, for some other stuff. Um, but uh, the, the Kinfolk show, Kinfolk show starting November. Mm-hmm. We're going to be out uh, a, nor- a short Northeast run in November. Um, and we're going to come, we're coming your way, Pembroke, you Massachusetts. Yes. That's I right. cannot wait. I can't That's wait. That's going to be a fun one. Um, and we're going to be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And then we're going to be in uh, New York, Philly, and D.C. We're going to do like a, a quick little five-day uh, run, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be so great to get back out there and share share yes. music with the masses. And yes, I'm sure the audience is going to be so excited, including me. So, <laughs> oh man, I half as excited as I am. I'm so ready to play. We're we're all really ready to play. It's I bet. Be fun. That's what you do, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's been it's been very, very hard for a lot of people who love music so much just not yes. to not to experience that um, live music. And I know you know tours are happening and things are happening now, so there are chances to do that. But then for you guys as musicians to to be able to get out there and share yeah. um, and play live and play together, yeah. it's awesome. So it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. The audience is is a part of the equation. And this is the, is the biggest part of the equation. And we've been missing them for so long. You know, you can only, mm-hmm. you can only live stream so much, you know, you've got to have some people in the room. <laughs> you got to have some folks in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, are your tour plans different than they would have been pre pandemic? Do you have, uh, have you taking different routes or precautions? Yeah, we're going to be, well, obviously I think a lot of the venues are going to be taking a lot more precautions in terms of um, who, the, both the audience and the bands. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, um, testing involved and, and uh, uh, vaccination um, mm-hmm. 
disclosure too. So, so I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm down with it. I, you know, I, as long as whatever keeps us working, because yes. I think, you know, um, it'd be, I've been out with Brittany for the last couple of weeks and that's been a thing we've been testing consistently with in, in her band. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's been, uh, it's been a real journey, man. We're all tr- kind of trying to get our sea legs back, you know, um, out here again, like, okay, what, what, you know, what, how do we navigate all of this, all these changes? It's so different now. It's so different, but the, the right. end goal is still the same to play music and, and share it with people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The process of getting there to the stage might be different and getting yeah. to, you know, um, to the different venues, but the, the end result is the same, which is the same. sharing this beautiful music. So absolutely. So, absolutely. so appreciated. Yes. Um, and what do you have, what, what are you up to for 2022? Do you have plans in the books or? Yeah. What's well, happening? Man, you know, uh, it feels so far away <laughs> after, <laughs> after this last year we've had Absolutely. 2022 is like, man, you know, how is that coming up so fast? I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. No idea. Um, we've got a few things. So kinfolk, it looks like we'll be doing some touring in the States in either February, well, in February and in May, we'll be doing some, some dates. So, and then uh, we're going to do a, a trip to Europe in May as well. Uh, looks like we're going to be doing some, some shows out there. Um, and I'm not sure what's going to happen with Brittany. I think she might be focusing on writing a new record next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, th- there will be a new Fearless Flyers project happening next year. Um, and... Awesome. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, who, who knows, man, the, the, you know, I'm kind of open to all kind of collaborative possibilities at this point. Um, and we'll see how, we'll see how it goes, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think it's always a, we'll see. Situation we'll see right you, now. Right? We'll see is ev- that's, see. that's everything we do is just, we'll see now, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But from everything we are being told, you know, 2022 should be a, a, a much better year. So yes, I hope so. Crossed. Yes, I hope so. Yes. I hope so too. Yes. Um, before we go, Nate, I just want to ask what advice you would give to um, this future generation of musicians that's coming up, drummers that are out there that are looking mm. to make a yeah. career of it. Um, yeah. What would you say to them? Oh man, um, there's so much I want to say, uh, and you know, but I, I'll kind of keep it simple. I'll just say, you know. Don't, it's very easy to get caught in self-comparison. It's very easy to get caught in that, to compare yourself to your friends, your peers, your colleagues, to get caught up in, well, they're further ahead than me and, or they're better than me or whatever. I, I just don't, don't do that. It's, you know, try not to compare yourself to any other musician. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but try not to do that because it'll just take away your joy. You know, try to hold on to that joy. Hold on to the the joy you have in playing music. Um, and also just be patient with yourself too. Like things don't always go as planned. Things change, plans change. Even the stuff you plan and ha- while you're doing it, it can change. You know what I mean? Uh, as we've all learned this past yes. year. So, yes. you know, just, just um, be patient with yourself and be cool to other people. You know, be cool to your, your bandmates, to your, you know, people you're touring with. Um, and and listen to as much music as you possibly can. Do as much homework as you possibly can, because it'll it'll all come back. It'll all come back in very unexpected ways. Yes, that's really great advice. And is there any um, new music that you would recommend 
that anyone listening check out? Man, um, actually, let me look. Let me look at my phone and see. Yeah, I'm, please. I'm, I'm gonna just look and see what I what have I been listening to. Um, I'm really enjoying. Uh, I've really enjoyed. Honestly, it's it's you know it's not um, that new, but I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've kind of gotten back. This is really strange, but I've kind of gotten back into Sade. Sade, I, I've I really love her music. I know this might be weird for like a drummer podcast, but I just love the way that band sounds. I love the way they sound, mm-hmm. and I just been I've kind of been obsessing over Sade a little bit. Now. I was kind of, I don't know I don't know why. There's something I, maybe I heard her on the radio one day recently, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, man, I'm, I really dig I really dig this music. Yeah. I've been di- really digging into um, a lot of neo soul music recently. I went back and revisited D'Angelo's last record, Black Messiah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's there's oh god, I could I could go down a, a really deep rabbit hole. But those I, are the two no, things. No, that's so no. good. You just <laughs> yeah. you never know what answer you're going to get to that question. And yeah. I I feel like it's it's always something unexpected. I, I asked Jay Weinberg that question mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks back, and he's been listening to Oasis nonstop. Mm. And it's so, yeah. it's just like, that's great. Like, yeah. you know, a good, that's a good recommendation because yeah. a lot of people who know Jay, like might not, might not know Oasis. Um, yeah. but like, yeah. So I love that you, that you shared that. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be like music that just came out, but right. Inspiring music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, you find it in very unique places. You mm-hmm. find it in very unique places, you know, inspiration is all over. Yes. Absolutely. Sure. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I cannot wait to see you when you come this way. I can't into, wait. Into I can't my wait. area. And yes, indeed. we're so excited for all the things you have going on. I will link a bunch of things in the description so everyone can check out um, the album and the videos that we talked about and referenced. Yeah. Um, but definitely everyone should check out this this new album that you have it's just so beautiful i know i keep using that word to describe it but it's it's the word it's the thank word you. that needs to be used thank you that sure. means a lot that really means a lot thank you very much for that absolutely and i know it will uh, garner the acclaim that it should so thank yeah you. so i'm looking forward to the future for you nate and can't thank wait you. to see you in person even if we have to wave over a- i know i know <laughs> over there. a barricade but yeah yeah i can't wait i can't wait you guys absolutely. take care Thank you so much for coming on today and I will see you really soon. Thank you for having me, Sarah. You guys take care. Be safe. You too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.